Before um, I actually start, um, I want uh, just to give a quick notice myself, and that is to say um, a big congratulations to Max, who's back after the summer break away in Devon, and when he was away, he got engaged. So congratulations, Mark. Well done, Max. Just bless you. Um, I love the way God works, isn't it? I've never met Mark before today. Um, one of the first, first things I found out about them is he was part of that Burns clan. God and Bennett, <laughs> do they get everywhere? Um, but actually, I love the way that God works because I didn't know what he was going to sing this morning. Um, and one of that last song, the three words, call me deeper. And effectively, that's what I'm going to be talking about in different ways this morning. Call me deeper. And actually, the title that Elijah gave me was, We are called to be a people of both the word and spirit. When we live by his word and operate in his spirit, we begin to see life flow transformation and growth. And I'm going to take those last two words, transform and growth, to talk about today. If Elijah was here, I'd have a real go at him, because a couple of weeks ago when he uh, preached, I thought, giddy heart, he's pinched the whole of my sermon. (laughs) What am I going to do now? But actually, as I reflected upon that, Just like when I'm teaching children, or teachers will know when they're teaching children, you present it in one way, then you present it in another way, and then you present it in another way, and you hope they get it. And I think that's what God has been doing with us over the last few weeks. Elijah talked about the word transform. Mike Burns last week used it a lot when he was preaching, and I'm going to be using it today. Transformation. And I think that's a message that God is trying to get into our little thick skulls. So, transformation and growth. I could actually start by uh, saying, um, those who have an age like me right remember this, that um, I'm a fan of tennis. And years and years, years ago, there was a tennis player called John McEnroe. And he had a famous line to uh, the umpires, are you serious? Well, yes, I am. And I think God is, and God wants us to be serious about him. Elijah talked about transformation as being from not being a Christian to becoming a Christian. But you know, that's not where it stops. It continues. We continue to be transformed, but we need to be a part of that with God. I'm going to start by looking at this verse, which should come up, Romans 12. Let's have a look at it together. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, important word that, then you will be able to test and approve God's, what God's will is, his good, 
pleasing and perfect will. So how can those words, God's words, the whole of the Bible, affect our lives today? We have that word. We have God's Holy Spirit to help us, to transform us, to have us become more like what God would have us be. It's a lifetime journey, but we need to engage in it. If you like, we need to get on the train for the journey. Some people don't even get on the train. They become a Christian and they stay at the station. You need to get on the train to journey with God, to walk the steps or to be on the journey, to be on the train. The book of Psalms tells us, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It also tells us in Hebrews, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I almost want to say, ouch, when I read that, because it sounds painful. And in many ways, it is. But let's just look and think about, first of all, that first verse, a lamp and a light. A couple of weeks ago, Keith and I were at Centre Parks um, in Nottingham with some of my family and our two dogs. And um, because we had dogs, we were the fur- almost the furthest out that you could get in our lodge. And on the first few nights when we'd been for a meal or doing something and we were trying to get back to our lodge, we got lost quite a lot. <laughs> because the lighting, although there is lighting, it's quite subtle and it's not always where you need it to be. And we're not quite used to where we were going and what's the quickest way back to our lodge. And quite often we'd end up going the long way round. And I think that's true of our lives. We don't always go the quickest way to where God wants us to be. We wander in different directions. We get lost. We definitely don't use the straightest path. And some of that is because actually we don't use what God has given us. And God has given us his word as a lamp and our light. And we don't use it enough. We don't find out where we should be going, what we should be doing, how we we should be responding by looking at his word. We stumble around on our own. And that two-edged sword, God's word is alive. It might have been written a long time ago, but it is alive today. It's not just a library of books, but God wants it to be active in our lives. That means sometimes it'll hurt us, 
sometimes it'll give us a right little poke in the eyes. Because God cares and loves us, and he knows that sometimes a poke in the eyes is actually what we need. Sometimes he knows that things in our lives need cutting out. And that's as true for me as it is you. You don't know, as I prepared this, what I've gone through, knowing some awful things that I keep on doing. God wants to cut them out. He wants to transform us. He wants to deal with things from our past. He wants that. He is desperate. He knows what he can do for us. And he is longing, longing, longing to do it. But that means we need to let him. That means we need to be reading his word. That's not condemnation. He still loves us. That never changes. He still thinks we're amazing and fantastic. But he just has so much more to give us. I found this quote about the richness of God's word. I can't remember where I found it from, but it's up on your screen. Quite long, but we're going to read it. Have to think. So the word of God contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the fate of sinners, and the happiness of believers. It is a light to direct you, food to nourish you, comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's roadmap, the pilot's compass, the soldier's weapon, and the player's game plan. It's a mine of incredible wealth and a river of genuine joy. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Christ is its grand subject. Amazing. Your good, its design. The word of God was written for you, for your design, and the glory of God, its end. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. Practice it to be spiritually healthy. Read it slowly, frequently, prayerfully. Let it fill your memory, rule your heart, and guide your steps. It is given to you in life and will be opened at the judgment and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility will reward the greatest labor and judge those who trifle with its sacred contents. Huge amount in that, but three words for me stood out. Read, believe, practice. And the outcome of those three things, being wise, being safe, and being spiritually healthy. Do you know, if you looked at your Bible now, if you had one with you, most of the time, not always, but most of the time, it says on the front, Holy Bible. And holy means set apart, different from. 
because the word of God was written so that we would be set apart. We would be different from, set apart from the world. In it, yes, we need to be in it. But God wants us to be different from, not follow the ways of the world, not do things that the world expects us to do, but to be doing them in the way that God wants us to do them. In 1 Peter 1.14, which hopefully is on the screen behind you, it says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. The next slide, if it goes up, is a picture of the world. And that is because we need to be different, but the world pulls us. It's a bit like gravity, pulling us and pulling us and pulling us back to the ways of the world. That's really difficult, different. I think Mike Burns, when he spoke last week, was talking about the kind of driver he was and the need to be patient. Well, Keith would probably say the same about me too. Um, and in fact, Terry is nodding a lot, which tells you quite a bit. I'm a bit of a boy racer in the car. Um, I just like to get from A to B as quick as possible. Um, and I know that sometimes when I'm in the car, I am not being holy as God intended me to be. I get cross and irritated, sometimes use some words I shouldn't use, you know? But that's what God wants to do. He wants to transform. He wants to change us. We have a responsibility with God to get involved in that transformation. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's working unseen all of the time in our lives. But we have to engage with God. We can't just say, okay, God, here I am, do it all. And he will. But he wants us to engage with him. He wants us to read his word. He wants us to ask the Holy Spirit for help at any time, in any situations. I wonder if you know what God has been saying about the relationships that you're in. What is God saying about the language that's in your head as well as what comes out of your mouth? What does God say about your attitude to things? like people on the road in my way. What does God say about your response in different situations? How do you know what he wants you to do and to respond to? You need to talk to him. You need to read what his word says. You need to ask the Holy Spirit in. God has made each one of us sitting here new we are a new creation, so we need to start acting differently 
to be that new creation. The world should know and notice that we are different in a good way. And sometimes we even need to be counter-cultural. And I think that is a really important thing for our young people these days. Not like an old fogey like me, but the young people. Because the pull of culture is greater, I think, than it ever has been. Much more difficult, I think, for our young people to be Christians than it was when I was younger. And we need to be praying for them. The world is a very attractive place. It pulls us, but with a willing spirit, we can act differently. I sometimes think Christians presume what God says about things. Don't actually take the time to find out what God is saying. They presume. Reading his word helps us walk our holy walk with God. At the end of Romans 12, 2, can we just slip back to that one? Sorry, I should have put it in again. Thank you. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. To experience that whole panorama of God's good and pleasing will requires not only our faith, but a change in our thinking. We need to change our thinking. When someone becomes a Christian through surrendering their life to the lordship and leadership of Christ, they receive forgiveness of sin, a brand new inner heart. You become a new creation, Corinthians tells us. The old is gone, the new has come. But what God now desires of each one of us is that we line up our thinking with our inner being. God has changed us on the inside, and our thinking has to line up with that. Because our mind is the connection between what's going on on the inside and what's coming out, what's going on on the inside. So how we act is how we are in our mind. And sometimes it's really good to put on an act on the front, but actually what's going on in your mind. And when you're in a really tricky, difficult situation, that's when, ba-bum, what actually is on the inside comes out. When the push comes to shove, when your back is against the wall, that is who you truly are comes right out in the way that you act and that you speak and the way you respond. So we need to get to grips with what is inside of us, what's going on in our mind, and change that on the inside. Sometimes we actually allow us what we think or what our friends say or what the television says or what culture says to guide our thinking. And that, if we can put the next one up, makes us a distorted Christian. Sometimes we're distorted Christians because we're not 
growing and transforming in the way that God wants us to do. We're allowing culture on the outside of the world to affect what we think and what we understand and how we act. So that's transform. God wants us to be transformed. But he also wants us to grow, and they're, in a way, inextricably linked. But let's look at this verse. Like newborn babies long for the spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation. Babies need milk. They need it. They can't grow without it. They need all the nutrients, all the goodness inside that milk to grow. And as newborn Christians, as even as growing Christians, we need the milk that God has for us to grow. Newborn babies are feeding every couple of hours. <laughs> Poor mums sometimes. It's a constant thing, keeping up. But they need that. And we need that. We need God's word. We need God's Holy Spirit to continue to grow. We can't stand still. God doesn't want us just to stop when we become a Christian. We need spiritual milk. I've been reading um, for some time a book that's really affected my thinking. And it's by somebody called Simon Ponsonby. And it's called Different living the holy life. And this is one of the things that he says in his book, and I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, I can't hold it up like Rachel held up her book, because mine's on my Kindle. So um, there you go. We need to get serious with God if we want to change ourselves, change the world. In this generation, we're often very laid back about things, what we wear, what we eat, how we eat, what we say, how we say it. We often think others who might say something are boring, not letting us do what we want, not letting us have our fun. We even sometimes use God loves us anyway as an excuse for not changing and not growing up in God. Perhaps that's a question we all need to be asking ourselves, and I know I have been and still need to. Do our behaviours, attitudes, words, lifestyle match what, what God wants of us? One of my favourite songs has the words, In all I do, I honour you. In all I do, I honour you. God sent his son to die for each one of us gave his life for us. We're new creations, but we need to do our bit. We need to grow up and be transformed. Matthew said a few weeks ago when he was preaching, but we're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit. We're not alone just to get on with it. The amazing Holy Spirit, with us all the time, wanting to speak to us, whispering in our ear, wanting to help us move on and grow deeper with God. The Holy Spirit, as we read God's word, 
opens it up for us, enlightens it, brings verses to our mind when we're doing things. We can talk to God about anything, because he already knows it anyway, even my driving. That is operating in the Spirit. But we also need to work at it. 2 Timothy, which also should be up on your screen. No? Oh, I didn't put that one up. My apologies. I'll read it then. 2 Timothy says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the truth. And the book of James, is that one there? Yeah. Right. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word. Do what it says. I just want to end with two quotes. Um, And these quotes are from a DVD by somebody called Andrew Ollerton, um, who used to lecture in theology at Cambridge, but is now part of a team ministry somewhere in Peterborough, Cambridge area, sort of, that sort of area. But he's actually written um, a DVD series of um, eight, where he calls it The Big Picture, and he looks at Genesis to Revelation, how it all holds together, and what God's intention was it. What each of the books are about, how they follow on from each other, and what the importance of the Word of God is. And in it, he refers to two people whose lives have been transformed by God's Word. The first is a woman called Roberta. And this is Roberta. Before I became a Christian, I thought the Bible was a book written by men with sexist views and out-of-date ideas. I was put off by the harsh customs and confused by the cultural language used. I had lots of opinions about Christianity, but I'd never actually read the Bible. I believe God has led me on an amazing journey and opened my eyes to how he works and to who Jesus is and what he has done. Now when I read the Bible, God's word speaks to me and this has impacted on me and has been life-changing. And the second one is from somebody from Richard who was in uh, Swansea Prison. Smoking scripture is probably not the orthodox way of coming to Christ. Yet in 1993, while serving time in Swansea Prison, I picked up the Bible to use the pages for cigarette papers. Partway through my second spliff, I began reading the page before smoking it and could not put the Bible down. The Bible began to speak to me and transformation began The Bible can reach into the darkest prison cell and change a man from the inside. Amazing. I just think that is, isn't God, he's he's got the best sense of humor, hasn't he? He's just amazing, God. And that word of God is for all of us. That transformation can happen to all of us. God has written it as a love letter to each one of us. 
Now, when you receive a love letter from somebody, do you just pick it up and put it to one side? I should have brought one, actually, to demonstrate that. Or do you eagerly open it to see what it is, what they have said? It contains words of love, particularly if it's from somebody very close to you. They want to tell you what they think of you, how much they love you. The word is God's love letter to each one of us. But we need to open it up and read it to know what he's telling us. Sometimes it cuts deep. But lots of times it just oozes love and comfort. And the Holy Spirit comes through and helps to apply it to our lives. When we were praying earlier on, Rick used these words in his prayer. He was praying that this morning that we would become frontline believers. And I think that is absolutely right. We need to become frontline believers. So are you operating this morning in the Spirit? Are you living in the Word?